Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Inland Valley Art and Literature Show. My name is John Branningham. I teach at Mount Sac, and I'm a writer in the Inland Empire. And I'm here with uh, David Falkenberg. Hi, everyone. I'm David Falkenberg. I'm a writer and teacher uh, in uh, the San Gabriel Valley. I teach high school uh, AP literature and uh, some other classes, journalism, and I'm excited to be here. Hi, and I'm Kendall Johnson. I'm a writer and artist, and I used to be a shrink, and it's kind of like being used to be a priest, you know, they never let you <laughs> forget it. So <laughs> <laughs> okay, and we're, we're, we're talking, um, we're going to talk kind of around and about uh, work by Wesley Hurd, but also other people as well. And if you haven't ever seen Wesley Hurd's uh, work, you can go on one of his websites, it's Wesley Hurd. H-U-R-D, and um, I think the website is This Odyssey, am I right? The Odyssey of These Days. The Odyssey of These Days, thank you. And we're going to take a look at basically three questions, take about 10 minutes uh, of them. He, he's, he's an abstract expressionist, I, I believe that's the correct term, Ken. Um, and he's, what we're going to talk about just generally is abstract art and answer, try to look at three questions. What does abstraction do for us? Number two, can abstraction heal? And number three, does abstraction still matter uh, in this, this current world? So um, maybe we'll talk with, uh, uh, we'll start with David and talk about what abstraction, as someone who is not a, has, you said you've not been trained in art appreciation or creating visual arts, although I know you're a great writer. Um, what, what, what does abstract, you go into a museum, what does abstract art do for you? So immediately when you posed the question, I sat there and thought, well, I have no idea. But I, I kind of made the link between abstraction and ambiguity in, in literature. Um, and so I think that's, I think that's a, a genuine link there. Um, and so what it does is it, it leaves you, it, you know, it kind of leaves you questioning. It leaves, you, it leaves up, into your, up to your interpretation, especially if you have no context about the piece, right? So we got a little bit of context about the pieces we looked at today uh, from uh, Kendall uh, or Ken, but um, so, so I kind of read into it note with that context, but if it's just there without any context, um, you know, it kind of make, it makes you dive into yourself and kind of figure out like, okay, what does this mean? You know, what does this mean to me? Why is this the way it is, etc. Did you say it's fair to say that it pulls it out of the art piece and makes the art, it makes the, the true art is what's internalized, what's discussed, what's uh what's going on inside of you and, yeah and, and like ambiguity it's a conversation starter right okay. you know yeah. why didn't the author or why didn't the painter answer this more directly well maybe that's the point right he wants you to talk about it and, and ken uh okay so what what, what do, from a psychological and a point of view of an artist what does abstraction do for you i i think that um David hit the nail right squarely on the head. It, it's about ambiguity. It's about um, doing something that doesn't clearly define itself and doesn't parade itself with a, with a flag on its shoulder saying, I am a tree, I am a, a beautiful scene in the mountains. Instead, it presents some, something that raises questions immediately within us. Um, you know, you talk, John, about, about imagism 
in in poetry and how how we we move from yeah um, how we move from from a strict very concrete um, scene to extrapolating the story which takes place off screen and and that's very much I've I've heard abstract art being characterized as as the way imagism manifests itself in the visual arts Um, so so what's going on when we're confronted by by a piece that we really don't understand is a process of discovery i remember stumbling i think it was at the national gallery and and i went around the corner and and was right next to a a Chuck Close painting. And Chuck Close is this interesting contemporary artist who, who paints these small squares that are just just mm. pretty little, little um, colorful um, squares that are not identical and they're juxtaposed next to each other. And, and, I, and I was looking up closely and thinking, my God, it's such a huge canvas. You know, why did he do something so small, so large? And and turned around and there were a bunch of people staring at me. And then I realized they weren't staring at me. They were across the room staring at the painting. So I went over to join them and see what, what there was to see from that point of view. Turned around and just about yelled because it was this absolutely photorealistic portrait. That, that all those little tiny squares work together um, at a different distance. Like pixels on a screen. Yeah, exactly. It was like all the pixels suddenly wham, gelled, and you could see it. So so I think that that the thing about abstraction is that it allows each spectator, each viewer to become the artist. To sit back and and ride that ambiguity in the process of making meaning out of it. I think for me, it was uh, uh, I, I was at the Tate Gallery before there was a Tate Modern. You know, there was just the Tate, and I was going through and uh, the first sort of taste of that, which wasn't really abstract, was Turner, right? But the, mm-hmm. what I found interesting were the abstract as- aspects of what Turner was doing with light, and that, you, know, you just walk through very slowly, and you get yourself an education on how, how this concept of abstraction developed over the 20th century. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's beautifully done. Um, so, so great. Okay, so, so that, that, that's what it, what it does on a kind of intellectual level. Uh, maybe that's an emotional level as well. I, I don't know. Um, it depends on who you talk to. If you talk to somebody like Mark Rothko, it's very different than if you talk to somebody like, like, Kandinsky. Um, Kandinsky was basically working with visual symbols. And, and so he put these designs up. Well, it wasn't clear in some of them he's doing musical compositions and others he's, he's doing kind of a, a uh, map to the universe. Um, they're, they're very fascinating, very intellectual. But you, you talk to Mark Rothko who painted maybe 40 years later, 
and Roscoe's doing these huge color field paintings and he's not interested in what you think they're about. He, he could care less. What he's interested in is blowing you out of your socks emotionally and spiritually. He's creating a spiritual experience. Now, is that what Malay that she's going for as well? A little bit different story with him. He was more of a mixed painter. He's not, he's not known just for one style like, like Rothko is pretty much known for his big color field. Um, experiments. Um, who you're talking about, you know, he, for, for instance, once he did was this small square. It's all black. Yeah. There's nothing to it. Well, if it's hung properly, it's hung up in the corner next to the ceiling mm. in a room. And why would he do that? Well, it's about um, following the the um, the orthodox um, icon painters. It's more than just a picture of something else. The something else doesn't matter. It is an enactment. It's almost theater. The icons bring the Holy Spirit into the room. And that was the concept of this black square. It's almost like the algebraic X. You know, it's, it's this thing that, that allows something else to happen. So, so when that's up in the corner of the room, you know, the heavens break loose. Yeah. So this, this thing about you know, about abstract art, it's, it's, it's thicker than it looks. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, yeah okay, so that, that brings us to the question. The question I've been, been struggling with and thinking about, I don't know, struggling with, but um, uh, how, how can we use the arts, all the arts, writing, painting, whatever, to heal, both in terms of viewership and in terms of creation? Um, I, I think we all need healing to some degree. Mm-hmm. Right? We, we all we all work our, our way through a horrible process a process called life and uh as we're dealing with life we we need to heal from from it um so uh, uh, i don't know Let, let's just think about this uh can the arts heal and do does abstraction do that in a different way than any other maybe yeah. yeah, David, David, come on. <laughs> Sorry, I, I was, I, I was, it's such a big question. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's why I want you to go first. <laughs> yeah. All right, fine. I'll, uh, you know, sometimes the guys who go first don't come back. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. Simple answer yes, I think the arts can heal. I think, I mean, and this is a cliche that you hear a lot is that artists always have some kind of trauma and that's what funnels their creativity, right? Like they're, they're drawing on their pain and they're using it. And while that's true, it's not true for every artist. Right. Um, but that's what I think it is, is, is these artists are getting this, this energy inside them, this emotion inside them out on the, whatever the, it's the canvas or it's the story or it's the music or it's the dance or it's whatever. Right. 
They're taking this energy inside them. They have something to say. They have something to say about their experience about life, right? And they need to get that out. Um, uh, and so I think that's important. And I think that is a healing process. Um, in regards to abstraction, maybe it's even more uh, of a healing process because you're not doing any favors for your audience, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you're not giving them everything uh and who knows where that comes from maybe it's maybe it's you don't want them to know maybe you're doing it to lead them somewhere to come to a certain idea um i'm not sure uh but yes i think it definitely is a healing process now is that all art no i don't think so but i definitely think it's some of it so so the the abstraction allows you to go into this conscious more deeply and i think so yeah works about the artifice right um, now, now, Ken, you you have done visual abstract art, yeah. Um, so, yeah, maybe your perspective. Maybe, um, although I agree with David, walking point is more dangerous. <laughs> 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 more more guys get shot up walking point than they do manning the radio. Um, so. It's, it sort of depends. I mean, I've seen a lot of schlock abstract art. And, you know, how do you tell the difference between, between shock, formulaic, uh, decorative abstract art on the one hand, and authentic abstract art on the other? And I think this cuts down to the healing question. Hmm. I think what has to happen is the artist has to set up the experience of seeing the painting or or the sculpt or whatever, the dance. The artist has to set up the experience in order to put forth the kind of questions that bring the viewer directly into the position of having to answer those questions and they're not answerable. It's like the, the, uh, the Zen teacher who gives his, his um, student the whack on the side of the head. You, you look at the dark, the black square. So context really matters. Context matters. Timing matters. Uh, readiness matters. You can have a hundred people go through an art exhibit and maybe 10 of them will get it. And if it's really an important exhibit, maybe five of them will get it. Hmm. And it's, it's not like there's a massive secret or it's, it's a encode kind of thing. If, if you know the formula if you know the code you get it right away it's not that at all it's like you're put up in the position of having to answer for yourself what else is there from this point on that's really interesting and something i was going to say that i ended up not saying is that um the universe is abstract right Mm -hmm. the universe is ambiguous um and so I think that's, you know, when I was younger, I thought abstraction was the stupidest thing in the world. 
um, because I thought there was some, you know, capital T truth out there and being abstract about it. Why are you being abstract about that? Why shouldn't everyone know the capital T truth? Well, it turns out the capital T truth is that everything is ambiguous, like in the universe, right? Life is ambiguous. We don't have all the answers. And so I think abstract art more than anything kind of brings that to the fore. And I think the healing and the experience of abstract art is okay. It's okay. If I don't understand it, it's okay. Like Ken said that I don't have the formula. It's okay that I don't, you know, and, and being content with that, being content with the ambiguous, it can stay ambiguous. It is there because it's there, you know, the end. Uh, and I think that's part of the healing process too, where it's like, it happened. Like if we're talking about the, the artists we just looked at, you know, the shooting happened and this, now it's okay. To, now it's time to be okay with that. Right. Like, okay, as, at least in your own emotions or in your own psyche. Right. Yeah. Well, maybe we should talk about that. That, that, the, what, what, what does healing mean? Is that even the right term to use when we're talking about psychology? Yeah, that's true. Um, I, I don't And you bring up a big question. I mean, one of the questions that you'll never be able to answer very well is what is reality? Yeah. Uh, it's like, I don't know. Something. It's all pixels. <laughs> so, so Ken, from, from a, a psychologist's point of view, um, we're, do we heal? Do we, what, what do we do? Okay. My clinical specialty is trauma. And so it's almost a paradigmatic um, context and paradigmatic attempt to heal. Uh And what do we heal? Well, a trauma is something that you go through that just does a shake and bake on your, your whole worldview. And the primary issues are the most fundamental, and that is, is it safe for me to walk outside my door? Mm. Is it safe for me to enter into a relationship? Is it safe for me to trust that all of the pain and suffering that I'm going through and evidently everybody else is going through at one point or another in their life is worthwhile to go through rather than to beam yourself up? Those are fundamental questions about fundamental issues. We... We, we get tried. People come back from combat and their, their head has been scrambled. They're, they don't trust leadership. They don't trust um, other people. They don't trust circumstances. And so the putting together is more than just alleviating symptoms. It's about reestablishing a relationship between you and the world. So in that sense, trauma is very paradigmatic, very relevant to this discussion. So let's shift back to the question is, can art be healing for those who would look at it or experience it? And um, I've got two paradigmatic answers to that, I think, that, that help clarify the ways in which it can be. And the one has to do with with, uh, Wes and his paintings about his trying to get through this process of a close encounter with community violence. 
which just pulls out the rug of civilization out from under us. And so he paints his way through all of this. Now, Wes is a theologian as well as artist. And so he's going to be looking, he's going to be posing theological kinds of questions, and he's going to be looking for theologically satisfying kinds of answers, or else it's just not going to scratch his itches. Whiskey won't do it <laughs> for a theologian. It won't? No. I can, that one I can answer definitively. In, in this world of relative truths, that's one I can hang a hat on. Okay, so... So when he goes deep in his painting and he creates an experience with that, with that accompanying music, which is, which is just weirdly awesome, you, you come across the word sublime. Mm -hmm. And to be sublime, you don't just, it's not just, it doesn't mean just great or just the most beautiful. What it means is awesome. And the word awesome, if you strip off everything that's happened to that poor words for the past five years, and you look at what awesome means, it means full of awe. Well, if you get yourself in a traumatic situation and you find yourself sitting on your ass on the floor looking up, and you look around, and everything looks kind of disjointed and weird. Suddenly, you're coming face to face with the fact that reality, <laughs> reality for whatever that is, is awesome. It fills you with awe. It leaves your jaw hanging down. It, it does everything but give you the answers that you need. <laughs> So, well so the abstraction reconceptualizes the concept of reality. That's a nice conceptual way of putting it. It's a good word package. It's a nice <laughs> word package. And if you don't want to get serious, you, you stay with that one. Yeah. But if you find yourself on your ass on the ground looking up, then suddenly... Um, all of that stuff goes beyond the words and beyond the cultural associations mm -hmm. and puts us so that if we stand up again, embracing what we saw in that Mark Rothko painting or that Wesley Hurd painting, and we're still able to go on, or we feel even minimally heartened or not quite as terrified or more terrified, but done in a satisfying way then that painting has served to, in part, heal us. Heal, heal the part of us that's full of shit. Heal the part of us that is driven by our culture rather than by our authentic experience. Uh -huh. Is this sounding yeah, I sensible? Think so. I think so. I think so, so that the definition of healing here would be coming to terms with reality right? Accepting that awesome, the sublime, right? Um, am, I, am I right in saying that? I think that's a good close one. The, <laughs> the problem with any of these words is that they have a couple thousand years of culture dripping off them. 
And that, that makes them hard for us to see it on an existential level. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think of that, that song, um, and you're talking about abstract art, the song talks about nature, right? And it's about the same thing. Uh, that uh, Annie song, where he's talking about what it's like to be around Annie. Uh, and it's, you know, you fill up my senses like a, like a night in the forest, et cetera, et cetera. And it, it, it's talk, he's talking about shutting up and just listening and looking and, and being where you are and understanding. And if that happens, you are going to be transformed. Right? There's nothing like a night in the forest to fill up your senses. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, let me go on. That's half of that about the healing aspect. Another way it can be healing is you can see it not uh, through a psychological or psychopathological or traumatic stress set of lenses, but rather you can look at it through spiritual lenses. So let's take to another artist that we've talked about here before, Father Bill Moore in Pomona. And let's just say his paintings are very color field oriented. They're very interesting. They're textural. Um, But the important thing isn't sitting back and looking at them. Mm -hmm. Important thing is to have Bill show them to you. And when Bill shows them to you, you could be wearing a blindfold because what he'll be doing two things is he'll have you explore it with your hands and then he'll be having you tell him about it. And that's a very critical move because it sort of subsumes all the, the postmodern arguments of, of making things um, less authoritative and more experiential and more, more collaborative. He... Um, he op- he opens you up to your own spiritual searching hmm. in that moment. He doesn't give you a single answer. It's it's, it's like uh, reminds me very much of Brancusi's uh, sculpture for the blind, where he mm-hmm. puts yes. the sculpture inside the thing and you have to touch it. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's about experiential and a collaborative experiential. Okay, so our final question for, for the, the, the podcast is, does abstraction still matter? And I think, of course, we're going to say yes, but abstraction certainly has changed because uh, the way we consume media, the way we consume art has changed, right? And I, I do like a lot of the changes. I, I, I like video games. I think they're exceptional. I like uh, the technological things that we've done. Um, and these these are uh, these are exceptional, but uh, they 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 ask us, you know. And there's comic books, and there's all sorts of things. There's all sorts of new ways of of, of experiencing experiencing art. But uh, to me, abstract asks us to sit and to look and to think and to go into the self in a way that that very little else does. Um, and and I, I said it before, one of my favorite pieces in our area is Terrell's Skyscape, mm-hmm. um, where you must meditate it it you you were forced into into this meditation um i wonder if you can we can complicate that does does abstraction still matter in different ways does it still matter in the same way 
David, do you want to walk point? I will. Um, Falkenberg forward. That's right. Uh, yes, it still matters. Uh, like John, exactly like you were saying. Um, here's the thing, though, is it's uncomfortable. Um, you you tell a room, you tell a room of high school students, you know, what do you guys think about this philosophical topic? They're going to ask you, what's the right answer? Right. They're always looking for the right answer. Uh, and, and that's what everybody is looking for, right? What's the right answer? What's the capital T truth? Um, and people don't like not having the answer. It makes them feel uncomfortable. Um, because basically, if you don't have the answer, then you're, then you're, then what are you doing? You know what I mean? In our modern world, and I don't, I don't even think this is just a, a sign of the times. I think this has just been always all of humans is that we love to be right. You know, we love to understand and I know what I'm talking about and I'm an authority on my own worldview and blah, 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 blah. Um, but abstraction and ambiguity, ambiguity forces us to evaluate our own thinking. It drives, like John said, it drives us in and going in is uncomfortable. Um, going deep down into your, you know, your subconscious or whatever, or challenging your own worldviews, uh, is uncomfortable for everyone. Um, and well, does that mean it matters more now? <laughs> yes, <laughs> you took the words right out of my mouth. Um, and so that's why nobody does it. Uh, we would rather, uh, you know, do what we're doing, you know, today in 2020. Uh, and so, uh, yeah, I think it matters more. Um, but but it's, it's also hard. It's also hard to do and to appreciate. Um, it's hard to sit there. I mean, so many people will just look at the black square Ken was talking about and be like, wow, that's the stupidest thing I've ever seen. Um, it's not a beautiful landscape, you know what I mean? Um, and so people get uncomfortable when they are asked to dive into themselves and really truly spend time with something and understand it, um, you know, because our modern world is not a, is a fast place. So maybe it does matter more, yeah. How about you, Ken? Uh... You, you're, you're, he's taking point. You're, you're, you're walking in the rear. I'm, I'm right in the middle where, where all the safety is. Yeah. <laughs> um, once again, David, I appreciate everything you say. It's right on the money. And, and uh, it must be because you're a high school teacher. And I taught high school for a long time, too. And if you teach high school, you got to be able to sum things up fast. Yep. But I'd like to suggest that despite the fact that out of your class of 32 people, only two of them really get what you're saying. And the rest of them are looking for the right answer, okay? And and that's reinforced by the increased automation and and um, anonymity that we're confronted with. And in your words, I think abstraction is more important now than it has ever been. Does it fight depersonalization? Necessarily. And that's why not everybody likes it. Because people are comfortable. I mean, look, look at the way people are conditioned to, to respond to the world. Um, the, 
there's a guy who who I did some studying with who who trains um, David crap I'm blanking on his last name he trains snipers mm-hmm. and he's very concerned about community violence and he says because what we've got is a a conditioning process that most electronic gaming follows in which you're confronted with a situation and your only job is to find out where the right answer is and and react quickly and not think about it and what that does is it desensitizes and deconditions to the human aspects to consequences to to multifactored matrices to all of the kind of stuff that make being human difficult to begin with. I, I would make this distinction that there are games absolutely do that. And then there are games that do the opposite of that, which I think yeah. are. Yeah. As he was talking, I was saying, Hey, next week, well, I guess we're not having it next week, right? December, yeah. we should have <laughs> the video game podcast. I'd love to be a guest. Oh, that's that. interesting. <laughs> yeah. So, so my my point is simply this that that with increased um, social conditioning towards uh, acting in a manner free of consequence, mm-hmm. acting in a manner free of nuance and free of troubling. Um, issues in in that kind of context um, we need abstract settings that cause us to go back into ourselves to 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 move beyond culture and to reassess what things are apart from what we're told to believe by anyone else. And that's the virtue of the movement, the contemporary art movement or modern art movement towards abstraction. And there's still people who are doing it and doing it meaningfully and doing it in important ways and we need them. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, I was going to add something, but I think that's that's a really great place to, to end. I think so. Yeah. Um, and I, I think I'm, I'm going to try to play us out. Let's we'll see if the the sound works. Play it out. Play us out with uh, uh, Annie's song. Huh. Thank you all. Thank you. Thank you, John. Thank you, kid. You fill up my senses like a night.